The Joe Pomp Show is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. I hope everyone's having a great week so far, because today we have a good one. We're going to be talking about NFL officiating. Now, fans and players agree NFL officiating has been really bad this season. Social media becomes a therapy session for fans dealing with missed calls and unjustified penalties. And former players like J.J. Watt are leading the charge lobbying against the fines for players that they have to deal with from the NFL for what seems like no reason. So why has NFL officiating become out of control? Today's podcast will dive deep into the problem, assess its potential causes, and determine a possible solution for the problem. Now, let's start with the obvious. The league doesn't think there is a problem. The NFL claims officials are right on 98.9% of calls. But total infractions, the data this season, tells a completely different story. Total infractions are up 96% year over year, and in-game fines, not counting anything else for gambling or substance abuse or personal conduct or PDs or anything else like that. Just in-game fines for penalties are up 175% this year compared to last season, and there's still six weeks left in the season. This has caused an uproar on social media, but I have the numbers for you. In 2022, we saw 151 in-game violations, infractions. This year, already, we've seen 296. Again, that's a 96% increase year over year. Last year, we had $1.9 million in fines handed out for in-game violations. Again, we're not talking about PDs, personal conduct, gambling, substance abuse, or anything else like that. Just in-game fines, $1.9 million in fines last year. This year, from week one to week 12, again, there's six weeks left in the season, we've already seen over $5.3 million in fines. So we've gone from virtually $2 million to $5.3 million. We'll probably go much higher by the end of the year. That's a 175% increase year over year. Now, some of these penalties have also changed the outcome of games. I'm a Giants fan, and I specifically remember Bobby O'Karakey's unjustified roughing the passer penalty against Josh Allen in Week 6. That had a massive outcome on the game. We've also seen others with the New York Jets, Sauce Gardner being called for a questionable defensive holding after Patrick Mahomes threw an interception on the play in a three-point game in week four. We saw Amari Cooper being called out of bounds on a touchdown play, even though he was clearly in bounds in week three. We also saw Jabril Peppers on the Patriots criticizing refs for a no-call on a hit taken by Demario Douglas from a Giants linebacker that knocked Douglas out of a game in week 12. Again, there's been a bunch of different ones that we've seen over the time. But these fines have also had a material impact on players' wallets. One of the most recent examples is Amon Ra St. Brown of the Detroit Lions. He got fined a few weeks ago, and he came out and tweeted after the game, and he said, that's 5% of my salary. He's making $940,000 a year. It was a blindside block. They fined him 5% of his annual salary for a penalty in-game. These are the things that J.J. Watt and other players around the league have been so vocal about. Not only are you hurting teams from a competitive standpoint with penalties during the game, but you're also taking money out of people's pockets. But also one of the other things that never really gets talked about was said by Aaron Rodgers a few weeks ago on the Pat McAfee show, and I thought it was fascinating. He talked about how the best referees continue to leave the NFL for higher paying jobs on TV. I'll read you the quote. He said, listen, the best refs we've had in the league are on TV now. They're not working in the league office. They're on TV. Gene Steratore, my favorite ref of all time. I think one of the best guys at understanding how to interact with guys and how to communicate with them and then how to control a game without being part of it. Gene was incredible at that, but Gene is now on TV now. Why? Because they pay more. Terry McCauley, also a fantastic referee. He's not working as the head of refs for the league office. He's on TV. John Perry, another great referee. What is he doing? He's working on TV. 
all of these guys who were fantastic whitecaps and all who've left in probably the last five years, you've had eight or nine really good longtime referees. Are any of them working in the league office? No. If the league was smart, they would go grab one of those guys, pay them whatever they want, and make this a little easier for the refs. They have a tough job to do, but there's some things that need to be simplified. Still, the craziest part about all of this, to me at least, is that the NFL could make just a few changes and make it significantly better. Now, many of you will be surprised to hear that the NFL is the only major U.S. professional sports league among the big four, right? We're talking about NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL, to not have full-time referees. All of the other leagues have full-time referees. Instead, NFL referees get paid more than $200,000 on average to work about 15 to 20 weekends a year, and most of them have second jobs. So let's start with the money first. An NFL referee makes, on average, about $205,000 to $250,000. An NBA referee would make somewhere between $250,000 and $550,000. MLB umpires are a little bit lower on the low end at $150,000, but they can make significantly more than an NFL referee at $450,000 on the high end. And the NHL is somewhere in between $220,000 to $480,000 for referees and $140,000 to $292,000 for linemen. So again, the NFL not only is the only league without full-time referees, but their referees aren't paid the highest either. And that's because most of them have second jobs. These jobs range from attorneys and aerospace engineers to high school basketball coaches. There's a few ranchers, real estate agents, firefighters, teachers, and insurance agents. I can read you through the list. It's in the newsletter this week, but you guys get the point. Brad Allen, who's in his 10th year as an officiating crew leader, he's a nonprofit CEO. We have Alan Eck, who's in his first season as an officiating crew leader. He's a tax manager on the side. Brad Rogers, he's a college professor. Ron Torbett, he's an attorney. Sean Smith, he's a finance professional. Craig Wurlstead, he's an athletic director. And again, there's other people who are not part of the head of the crews who are teachers, bankers, real estate agents, ranchers, engineers, federal agents, pharmaceutical sales, law firm managers, and the list goes on and on and on. The NFL has operated this way for a long time. But with sports betting being legalized in roughly 50% of the United States today and tens of millions of dollars being bet on individual games, bad calls or missed calls, are now under much more scrutiny than they previously were. That's why the NFL should make a variety of changes to improve the process. First, I think they should make all referees full-time NFL employees. These referees should be required to visit a central location to review game film between games during the season. They can stay in shape during the offseason while improving at their job. They can do different things like different simulations. They can participate in things like OTAs and mini camps and training camps and other stuff like that. But most importantly, they should be ready and full go when the season comes around to perform their very best. This would also allow the officials to get paid more. If you make them full-time employees, you have to pay them more. But the idea that the NFL can't do this is ludicrous. The NFL could double the salary of every referee. There's about 120 referees in the NFL today. They could double the salary of all of them, and it would cost them roughly like $20 million. Now, that sounds like a lot of money. It is a lot of money. But the NFL makes $20 billion in annual revenue every single year, and they could certainly afford to do it. And that by itself would probably solve the problem of the best referees taking higher paying jobs with TV. If you're able to double their salary, in some cases even triple it, right? It would make sense because then they're not going to go to television because they're willing to get paid more by doing the job with the NFL. But more importantly, outside of pay and the full-time nature of all this stuff, there needs to be more accountability among NFL referees. The best example of this is what the NBA does, I think. The NBA, they fine referees for missed calls and misapplied rules. And they also routinely admit incorrect calls through the league's last two-minute report. 
Now, for those of you that aren't familiar with the last two minute report is, it's essentially a public examination of officiated events that took place in the last two minutes of close games. The NBA will literally tell you whether calls were applied correctly, whether rules were done correctly, and so forth. And they call out officials or referees that missed those calls. And those referees can then be reprimanded either through fines or demotions or other things like that. Now, the NFL isn't just flying blind. They have an officiating department with the league office that reviews games each week to evaluate call accuracy. Some of these officials even attend games in person to watch how the crew works together. The best referees are then rewarded with postseason games. In addition to their annual salary, these postseason games can be super lucrative. For example, a bonus for a playoff game would be like $1,500 to $5,000 on top of your annual salary for the referee. And if you're picked as one of the best referees in the league to ref the Super Bowl, that could be forty dollars to $50,000 that you're getting for that game as well. And they do get some of the referees in trouble. They can face disciplinary action like remediation, demotion, and there has even been one referee, I believe, that was fired for a special situation that took place during the middle of a year where he missed a call. I think it was an obvious false start. So no, it's not that I think the NFL's current process is terrible and should be completely thrown away. I just think the lack of public accountability combined with no fines or reduction in pay for mistakes makes the NBA's process far superior to the NFL's. You have to remember, at the end of the day, fans and players, I mean, 70% of NFL players that did the athletics recent survey rated officials between a 4 and 7 out of 10 on their scale of how good the officials actually are. So it's pretty obvious that fans and players are not happy with the NFL's current system, and there are a variety of things that the league could be doing to make it better. This won't be an easy change, as all NFL referees are represented by a union, just like the players are with the Players Association. But more retired players, like I mentioned with J.J. Watt and many others, are now getting more vocal about the problem. And the increase of sports betting activity creates this weird dynamic between players, referees, the league, and its partners that could eventually impact the integrity of the game. Now, that might seem far-fetched to many people today, but even if there is a small chance, a 1% chance of it happening, the downstream impact on NFL viewership, on sponsorships, and ultimately revenue warrants the NFL to make a change before it's too late. That's it for today. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you have any better ideas about how the NFL should approach their referee problem, reach out to me on email or social media or wherever and let me know. I'm all ears. I would love to hear some other ideas too. Otherwise, I hope everyone has a great weekend and we'll talk on Monday.